Hey, Chris. How's it going? Good. How are you, Jason? Doing good. Welcome to Leading Serving Podcast. Number? This is 26. 26. 26. That means we've been at this half a year. 26 weeks. Oh, wow. Yes. Isn't that cool? That is cool. I love that. That's that's fun that, stuff. That is. And, yeah. you know, I mean, today is momentous, right? Right. Because we're recording this on May the 4th. Be with you. <laughs> You're one of those guys, huh? One of those guys, yeah. No, I, yeah. I do I was, love that. Every year I get a text from a buddy who sends me that. I was uh, I was in a, a, a group meeting this morning with some uh, young leaders in our community um, that you know from multiple different industries and businesses, mm-hmm. and there's one guy in a suit, and we're like, where's your Star Wars shirt? And he goes, well, you know, work, but... And then he lifts up his pant leg, and he's got Star Wars socks on underneath That's his awesome. suit. <laughs> so, you know, it's... Uh, and then tomorrow, I th- here is uh, Revenge of the Fifth. Oh. <laughs> or Cinco de Mayo, depending I, on your I persuasion. I stick with B. <laughs> Cinco de Mayo. That's right. That's right. Well, tonight's Cinco de Mayo Eve, so... There you go. You know, you can... <laughs> something like that. I don't know. That's too funny. Yeah. Well, um... So the podcast can be a little bit different today. It is? Yes. Um, because we just interviewed uh, Chief Jeremy Pell of the White River. We're uh, going to interview, you mean? Well, in order of the podcast, yeah. as listeners are hearing, yeah. they're about to hear it. Okay. But full disclosure, we just did the interview right. in the last hour, right. and now we're doing this, because um, this was one of the most incredible interviews we've done yet. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. And there is a lot that, you know, we do in this opening to kind of talk about leadership and we mm-hmm. talk about our mindset as leaders and things like that. Um, but you need to hear from Jeremy Pell, Chief Pell first. Right. Um, and so all we're going to say to set this up is, uh, you know, we've, we've been talking about the value of leading and serving is fighting for the highest good of those yes. around us. Right. Right. And... Um, you know, here is here's an individual who is leading our fire department mm-hmm. in our township, and he is literally saving lives. Yes. And clearly fighting for the highest good of those around him. And you're about to hear the passion just flow that through, hopefully through this podcast. So yes. let's just back out of the way. Yep. And let him run. <laughs> let him run. Yeah. Because uh, his wisdom is... Yeah. Hopefully pouring right through this podcast. That's right. So, um, you know, if you're listening in, um, do stick in to the end on this. Yes. Um, you a little know, bit longer one. It is a little bit longer of an interview, but total podcast where you can keep it about normal time, give okay. or take a couple minutes. So I think is where we're going to head. So, um, but hang in there because the, the interview gets <laughs> richer right. and richer the further we go. Um, right. And so um, we're going to jump on over to our interview with... Chief Jeremy Bill. Chief Jeremy. Here we go. Jason, we have a special guest today. We sure do. Let's chat with him. Chief Bell, thanks for joining us today. We really appreciate you taking the time and sitting down and chat with us. Absolutely. Welcome. Thanks. Thanks for inviting me. This is uh, kind of humbling. I don't, I don't do this very often. No? Well, we are thankful that you took the time to come and chat with us. So... Let's let's start. Let's give a little backstory about you. Tell us about you, where you came from, your family. Just give a little heads up about us, about you. Most of my family originated in Brazil, Indiana. Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, what I remember of my childhood was living in Martinsville. I basically okay. grew up in okay. Martinsville. 
moved to the south side of Indianapolis when I was in high school and graduated from Southport High School. Okay. Hmm. Yep. And pretty young, I started in the fire service. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I actually worked at the Greenwood Schwinn Shop. I don't know if either of you are old enough to remember that on US 31 by Dairy Queen. I'm a transplant, so I don't remember that. Yeah, that's probably before I moved here, too. So. Yeah, loved it. Very loved, cool. Love working in a bike shop okay. as, a, as, cool. a, as a teenage kid. I mean, yeah, yeah, much better than flipping burgers or right. you know, cleaning right. or got to work on bikes. That sounds like that's fun. Cool. Yeah. That's when cool. I was there, I had one of the guys I worked with was a volunteer firefighter here in okay. Whitehaver Township. Okay. And he said, hey, I think you would really like that. And I fell in love with it immediately. Really? That's yeah, cool. Immediately. Yeah. That's awesome. So I've been doing this for 33 years now. Okay. Very cool. And so um, have you, from, from that point, then moving forward, how long have you been a volunteer? Or how, how long did you volunteer? I started at 19 years old. Okay. And back then, you couldn't get hired until you were 21. Okay. So I worked as a volunteer, got hired within a couple of years as a full-time firefighter at the city of Noblesville. Okay. But I re- I've remained a volunteer, which is part of my story. I relate differently than other people do because I remember coming in and you did it because you loved it. Mm-hmm. You didn't show up at the firehouse to train because they were paying you 20 bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. You showed up for free because you loved doing it. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And I continued that. Actually, I've continued it through my whole career, whether it's volunteering <clears throat> with my dogs mm-hmm. as, a, as a search and rescue canine handler, church. Um, you know, that's just what my family and I do. Mm-hmm. So you show up where you feel like you're bringing value, where you can serve, where you can, um, you know, things that you just love, that's where you show up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's no doubt. Well, I w- would say that what drives me is I'm a huge Andy Stanley fan. And okay. he did a podcast, uh, and it was Discovering God's Will, and he said, as the mission's clear, the options are fewer, and the decisions become easier. Mm. Hmm. That's good. And my mission is one day I'm going to meet God, and I want him to look at me and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Mm-hmm. So sure. if I look at what I do through that lens, mm-hmm. then... Everything else is going to fall into place. Right. I'm going to support the people around me and my mission in the fire department. I'm going to do everything through the lens of does it make them safer? Does it have a positive impact on their life? Does it save a life? Does it save property? No, that that's just that's been what has driven the professional side as well as the personal and volunteer side of the the Pell family. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, my my sisters are very similar. I have a sister that's ten years older than me. And I have a sister that's 10 years younger than me. Yeah, well. Yeah. And uh, same thing. Uh, I was married to my wonderful wife, Lori, for, oh, gosh, I better get this right. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be 28 years in September. Oh, congrats. Yeah. Thanks, thanks. Uh, we have two boys together, and they're five years apart. Uh, okay. They're, uh, they're 21 and 16. Okay. okay. And it seems to be the theme through our family. Um, we don't always get it right, but right? Mm-hmm. you know we try. We want to make a difference. Okay, so you're passing that on cool. that service, uh, showing up with that passion for the service. Your boys are doing the similar things. 
Yes. Yeah. What we've tried to do as parents is just lay that good foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've got to keep it simple. I, yeah. If I keep it simple, then again, the rest of it will fall into place. Let, let me ask you a question. That, sure. The, the three things that you just talked about, Andy Stanley talked about, what, when did you come upon those and when, how did that help prior to that? Was there a lot of struggle of trying to figure out what that looked like for you, trying to figure out how to move forward to what you wanted? Oh, it was tremendously difficult. Um, there are a, a, lot of, a lot of chapters in my life that I wish I never would have gone through. Mm-hmm. I understand it better now mm-hmm. and can take those lessons and mm-hmm. turn them into something you know, wonderful that can help somebody else. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was really tough. I didn't pick up that lesson until I was back here at White River Fire Department as a fire chief and nearly forced to my knees, just, you know, really, really tough times and saying, God, you got to help me out here. Right? <laughs> well, yeah. why the heck am I here? And, right. you know, why would you put me here just to, uh, just to fall? Right, right. And just bits and pieces, good, good mentors. That's just, awesome. Yeah, and a podcast here or there, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. reading a book, um, mm-hmm. going to church. is just, you know, these little, I, I wish I could give somebody the magic formula. Right, right. But I can't because it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The closest I can come is um, I can't do this alone, and mm-hmm. I need I need help doing it right. from God and the people that he puts in our path. Right, right. And, and that's just... That's, just my story. That's just how I do it. So mentors, it sounds like mentors have been a huge thing for you. And I, I, I'm a huge proponent of mentors because mm-hmm. they, I just think that they help us build who we are and, and the things, especially when you're at your wit's end. I mean, you know, God places people in our lives for different reasons, right? right, right. How long have you had a mentor? <clears throat> at least 20 years. But, but here's the here's the interesting part of it is if you would have asked me 20 years ago, who is your mentor? I don't know mm-hmm. that I could tell you what a mentor was. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just the fact that there were people in my life that I could pick up the phone and call, or I could walk into Chief Sanford's office mm-hmm. and say, Brian, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And he would walk me through it. I, one of the things he told me, which was just incredibly impactful, is um, it was when I was at Warren Township Fire Department. We were merging with the Indianapolis Fire Department. Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't know what to do. And he said, well, you know, talk to me about it. And we talked. And he said, I can't give you the answer because mm-hmm. only you know what the true answer is. I mean, you need to do what's best for yourself and your family, and that's going to be in your heart. I can give you the pros and cons. Mm-hmm. That was mentoring. <laughs> right. That was so much more impactful than sitting down with a, a journal with another guy and say, okay, it's time for our mentoring session. Right. It didn't work that way. <laughs> I, I don't, I'm, I'm struggling now on how to repay that and set that up for other people. So I mm. start by being accessible and open, and you know, Brian taught me to just sit and listen and look somebody in the eye Absolutely. and set aside what you're doing. Um, and I guess it comes back to what you originally asked: is uh, I 
I, I want to serve through my actions, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. understand the concepts, but not make it this artificial, I'm checking the box. Right. I want right. to do the things that God wants me to do. I want it to be impactful. I want, I want it to be through my actions and make a difference. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Absolutely. So you've gone from volunteer to chief in... You said you've been in the fire for 33 years? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your role as chief right now at White River. Okay. Uh, I want to go back a little bit to that because I think this is very important, right. is I've hit every rank in the fire department. Yes. Oh, well. And I that's not always the case. Right. Okay. And I think it would be very difficult to do my job as a fire chief, uh, which at its core is I, I'm serving mm-hmm. the men and women of the department mm-hmm. if I didn't understand what they went through. Right. right. So in my role today, uh, that that's what I do. My, my job is to serve the men and women of that department and give them every single thing they need so that when mm-hmm. a 911 call comes in, they can go out with the confidence that they can save that life. Hmm. And Absolutely. it happens much more often than people realize <coughs> in White River Township. When I started, we did about 650 runs a year. Okay. Last year... We did four thousand four hundred runs. Holy smokes! My goodness. Yeah, yeah. And wow. how how much is? Do you have any idea how much the population has shifted? Like as far as like how many people are in White River Township now? <laughs> yeah, I, versus I was, then and now. We're redoing our website, and uh, we probably touched it, you know, f- five to eight years ago, and it said twenty six thousand people. And this last census, we're up to fifty two thousand. Holy smokes. Wow. Yeah, I, I, you asked me, part of my job, I'm the CEO of an organization, yeah. Yeah. but uh, of a servant's organization. Right. And we have a multi-million dollar budget. We have mm-hmm. 52,000 people, 26 square miles. We have 17 or 78 full-time employees, and we've got about another 20 part-time employees. Uh, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a big deal. It's, yeah, it is. It's, it's yeah. grown a lot. It has. I've, and so you've been at this current, this in your current position for how long? Fourteen years. Fourteen, which years. is <clears throat> unusual for it's unusual for a fire chief. Really? We're not subject to the political changes in a fire protection district mm-hmm. like a city is. You know, a city okay. has a new mayor and they have leadership changes mm-hmm. and new right. department heads. And yeah. I fit much better into this being a, a more merit-based qualified position. I was hired through a merit process based on my education and my experience. Okay. I just, I fit a lot better in that. I don't want to be in politics. I know I have to understand it, but but the Jeremy Pell approach is what we're doing today. It's relational. If you're an elected official, you're my boss and I respect you. I'm going to give you everything you need to make a good decision to help our department grow so Mm -hmm. I can give the men and women what they need to to make the department, well, to save life. That's the bottom line. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What I was going to tell you, you were asking about the, the department and how I've seen it change, you know, teeny tiny, just it, truly a volunteer fire department. I was preparing for our budget this year going into next year, and I looked, and where we used to be Little White River Township, with 52,000 people, if you just gave us the title of a city, we'd be the 17th largest city in the state of Indiana. Really? Wow. Yes. Hmm. I had not a clue. Yeah. That's part of my job. Coming back to your 
question, yeah. hey, chief, what's your job? I never want to lose sight. My job is to serve the people in the department, give them everything they need. But it's also preparing budgets and yeah. talking with the community. And I plan public safety for 52,000 people. I coordinate <laughs> with the with the sheriff's department and the Greenwood Police Department. We've started a canine SAR program. We've started an active shooter response program that was the, the first in Johnson County. We brought together all the departments to participate in those programs. We have added a fire-based ambulance service with three ambulances and um, hopefully a fourth in the future so that wow. we have 100% control of the continuity of care and 100% of the, the insurance payments go back into serving you and your family hmm, better. Wow. <clears throat> That's cool. Uh, that coordinating cool. with the district board and elected officials, that's what a fire chief does. Now, the, the you know, be a little transparent here, the conflict for, for Jeremy Pell is, <clears throat> I'd rather be in the firehouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I so desperately want the men and women of the department to know that, but I would really... I'd really much rather have my time and go out and connect with them, that leadership by walking around or even just being back on a fire truck. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't think that's where I'm intended to be right now. Right. Right. I right. think that there's a plan that is much higher than us. Right. And parts of it we know and most of it we don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It sure feels like I'm where I'm supposed to be right now. That's awesome. Right. That's Congrats. cool. So in, in that list of programs and things that you've listed, you don't just work with the fire department. You mentioned earlier before we hit record that you're also working with the police department. Tell us a little bit about um, your role there. Once you get into public safety, most people just get immersed in it. Mm -hmm. Our careers are not supposed to be our identity, but it's really hard when you live in the firehouse and you do this kind of work and it's so emotional. I thought I would be more effective as a fire chief if I understood the law enforcement side of it. Okay. So I applied to Johnson County Sheriff's Office. I went through their full reserve academy, which is about 175 hours, mm-hmm. and I worked the road. No, I, I work as a, a regular uh, reserve road deputy with police powers, and I chose that route rather than having special police powers as a fire investigator. I chose the, okay. the, the route to go through reserve academy because that's what would make me more effective. Hmm. And think about think about the active shooter incidents we've all read about, mm-hmm. and you know I started learning about it and realized, wow, none of us can respond to that alone. That's not a injured person. That's not a gunshot wound or a stabbing. This is an incident. We have to coordinate law enforcement, fire, right. EMS, nine one one, emergency management reuniting families. Right, man. The only way that I can do that effectively is if I understand what the police officer needs. Mm-hmm. And we can do what's called unified command. We can sit in a vehicle or a command van together like the three of us are doing, only the conversation is, hey, where are your officers? Mm-hmm. Do they need a medic with them? Mm-hmm. Can we get into this part of the building and start getting people out? Those are the life-changing decisions in White River Township that I want to be as effective as I possibly can be. Wow. Wow. So tell us about the active shooter program that you initiated recently. 
Yeah, here's the big change is we don't know what we don't know. And our society wasn't used to dealing with that. Israel was. No, they, yeah. they, you know, they were used to terrorist attacks and right. and active killing incidents. We weren't until Columbine, right, right, and it's gotten worse since then, right. And um, there's a really powerful picture from Columbine, and it's one of the students that put a sign up that said, um, "I don't even remember what it said." Need help now, mm-hmm. and what happened was is one of those shooting victims was dying and ultimately died because we were doing things the old school way, going in and clearing room by room, and it took hours. Oh, wow. What we do now, and we do that in this community, is we have a rescue task force approach to it where we take two police officers and two firefighter medics, and we go in to a warm part of the building. So the building's not secured yet, but we right. know that that incident is in maybe the gymnasium. Mm-hmm. So right. we put these police officers and these medics together and say, we're going to go in as a team, front guard and rear guard, and we're going to get out as many victims as we can while the rest of those police officers keep that threat confined to the gymnasium. Gotcha. That's the game changer. So we're in there in minutes mm-hmm. rather than hours. Wow. And then we've, we've got a policy that is consistent with the sheriff's office policy and the Greenwood police and the Center Grove police. Right. We train on a regular basis. We have uh, individual first aid kits with tourniquets. So the, not the care has changed but also the response has changed and the working relationship between the agencies have changed mm-hmm. so that we're all using the same terminology. <laughs> so has it been, I mean, I'm just curious, because you've gone through a lot of training and recognizing that it'd be helpful for you to be aware of their processes, right? So mm-hmm. then you went through the, and now you're on the backside of it. Have you seen the great benefit of being able to to bridge those two gaps now? Because I, I don't know how many people have done that, but I'm just curious, with your original assessment of the situation and now you've done it, what what kind of uh, benefits do you think it's truly been that you've been able to look at it from both perspectives? The, the benefits are incredible. Really? Yeah. And this is one of those things you can't learn from a textbook. You can read it in a textbook, <clears throat> but you won't right. fully appreciate it. I'll give you an example. We had... Um, Someone's, I, we think he suffered a medical emergency and drove into a pond. Oh, wow. Um, it was year before this, this winter. Mm-hmm. It was witnessed. We had a crew member in street clothes jump in and try to make a rescue. Oh, wow. The sheriff's department showed up. They're the dive team. They're getting ready. I showed up because it's a coordinated response, and mm-hmm. one of the divers looked at me and said, Oh, Jeremy, I'm glad to see you. Hey, will you monitor my radio traffic so that I can get my dive gear on hmm. because I've got a county unit number. I know the language. Right. I know what they're look. you know, I know what yeah. they're listening for. He could focus solely on doing that, knowing that even though I'm, I'm working as a fire chief this day, right. I can switch to the law enforcement channel and say, you know, Hey, this unit is getting ready. I'll let you know when he goes in the water. Mm-hmm. I don't, right. you, you can't, you can't just pluck a firefighter and in a half hour teach him how to use the radio right. and that be effective. It right. has to be 
a coordinated response. Huh. Yeah. Man. Now, in this community, you guys, you guys will get me going, and I won't, I won't be quiet. <laughs> You're good. Um, You're good. In this community, we've gone even one step closer, and you see it right in front of your eyes when you look right across the, right across the, the playground at the school, mm-hmm. is the White River Township Fire Department has partnered with Center Grove Schools, Center Grove Police, and the Sheriff's Department to put two fire – and Bargersville Fire Department mm-hmm. – to put two fire stations on school campuses. Yeah. Now, I want yeah. to, now think about that for a second, is fire stations need to be in population centers mm-hmm. with good travel corridors. Right. Where do you put schools? Population centers with good, good travel, travel corridors. That's right. Yeah, that makes all kinds of sense. So we've put our fire headquarters in Station 53 – Yep. In front of Pleasant Grove yep. and yeah. Middle School North, yep. and recently opened Station 254 with Bargersville Fire Department. Johnson County Sheriff's Office has an office there, yep. mm-hmm. Center Grove Police Department, and an ambulance. We've got an engine. Uh, it's, a, it's actually a multi-purpose ladder with pumping water, an mm-hmm. ambulance, Sheriff's Department, and Police Department on the camp, the high school campus with right. high school, middle school, elementary school, admin building. Yeah. Now that not only improves your response and mm-hmm. has already saved a life. We we really? had a, a medical patient. We were on the scene within um, about ninety seconds. Wow! Transported them downtown, and they walked out of surgery and or walked out of the hospital after surgery. A Good true one hundred percent safe. But that model also serves as a deterrent because right. someone that wants to attack a school is a coward. Yeah. And they don't want to do it with a police officer, an ambulance, and a fire truck in the front Sitting yard. The front, yeah. It's right. those kind of things that just motivate me incredibly right. and are blatantly obvious to me that there's no way I'm doing this on my own. I can't pull that off. Right. Right. <laughs> there's no way. Right. God is faithful <laughs> and honors prayer, the people that, that serve him and serve others, mm-hmm. and works in ways that we don't understand. I, and I'm just trying to be part of that. I'm right. just trying to yeah. have an open heart and an open mind. Right. Well, and I, I, he's definitely given you a lot of wisdom in the process of you trying to bring this together and in your training as well and to, to bring mm-hmm. that together. It, it, it will sound to some people like ridiculousness. But I can tell you and look you in the eye that many, many years ago, I was, I had a very difficult childhood. I've had a rough path. And I said, God, please, please give me the wisdom that you gave Solomon. Give me the strength you gave David and gave me the, give me the peace that you gave Paul. And I don't ask for much. I just want to be able to serve the people around me and have enough to go to Walmart, and if I want to buy something, <laughs> buy something. <laughs> right. <laughs> I yeah. get a kick out of buying a fishing pole or right. <laughs> something to work on the house. That's all I'm asking for, God. Right. Yeah. And sitting here talking to you and looking backwards, it's exactly what he did. <laughs> yeah. That's he awesome. gave me wisdom. He gave me a, the ability to lead others and serve others. Mm-hmm. And my family is blessed. We yeah. we don't want for anything. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm, my mind is boggled by the complexity of coordination that you guys pull off. Right. Um, you know, as a church, we've talked about security policies and some things like that. And 
This is just a small little building, right? Yeah, not, <laughs> in White River Township. 50, I can't imagine. People. Yeah, and I can't imagine the you know, like you're saying, all the different agencies that come together. And yeah, it's clear that God has given you the gifts, the ability to um, to bring leadership to this. I mean, and so I, I have one more question for you related to your passion, um, because clearly, your passion for what you do has been overly abundant in our conversation. <laughs> but I I understand that you have an even bigger passion um, related to your dogs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, almost an obsession. Anyone that's in public safety has to have a way to get their mind off things. Mm-hmm. Um, I live and breathe this. I'm as fire chief. I'm I'm always on. Right. And I, I go yeah. home. I still know that phone's going to ring. That radio's going to go off. Right. And I have this little. Um, my mind is a strange place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I have this little matrix, decision matrix. Obviously, if I'm called, I go. But right. if there's a firefighter hurt, if it, it's a church or school or a fatality, or if. Chris and Jason would look around and say, where's my fire chief? My fire chief should be here. Those are the calls I go on. I right. make sure I go on those. Mm-hmm. Um, so I need a way to turn off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that has been through my dogs. I've trained dogs for over 20 years, and it started with telling my wife, hey, I'd like to have a dog so that there's one here in the house when mm-hmm. I'm on shift 24 hours just mm-hmm. to kind of keep an eye on you. And yeah. it was a dumpster fire. I made so many mistakes, and <laughs> it worked, and I was grateful for it. But um, I would call my wife at night, and she's like, oh, I hate this dog. <laughs> <laughs> Since then, we've kind of got it squared away. In the last 10 years, I've been um, I've been working with one of my mentors, Leah Snyder, and have trained search and rescue dogs. Wow. Yeah. So that's that's where we are today. Is we've added a canine search and rescue discipline to the White River Township Fire Department. Uh, I've done most of it on my own. Once I adopted Rosie and realized that she really had a good shot at passing the tests and becoming certified, I went to the department and I, I went to my board of directors and gave them a letter and statistics and resume and said, "I would like to do this. Will you please pay for me to go to a class?" Mm-hmm. Cool. And they've paid for two classes, and Rosie came back as a certified land cadaver dog and a crime scene. And we just got back Sunday night from uh, training and certifying her as a water search dog. Oh, cool. That is cool. That's and cool. I, and I assume there's a – I mean, like, it, you said that in probably about five minutes, but I'm sure that the the, the class and, and the time that's put into this is like ex, like – a a long amount of time, is it not? Oh, it, it is. I was going that doesn't sound like a simple thing. So there are different paths to it, and I'll make this brief. You can go buy a dog, mm-hmm. and it's bred to do this, mm-hmm. and it's trained. And when it's a year to year and a half old, you show up, and you go through six weeks training, so seven, you know, five days a week, 40 right. hours a week, right. and you walk out with a certified dog. That's how police departments do it. It's between fifteen dollars and $25,000. Oh, wow. Okay. The model we do is we adopt a dog, and there are pets, and we do it in our spare time. We do it as a volunteer. Hmm. Okay. And I've taken that model and seen the potential impact it can make in White River Township. Oh, wow. So I've taken that passion. I thought it would be a shame to, lo- to, to waste that passion. 
and not use it for the department because I was really surprised when I put together the request to take her to school and the the classes we've done have been between 45 and 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 55 hours in a five-day period okay okay you know, pretty intensive and I looked and in Johnson County in 2020 2019 we had 24 calls where someone went missing in Johnson County alone in one year. Really? Okay. Yes. And I didn't even count the drownings because my mind wasn't on that. Right. But these are people that have early stages of dementia. They wander from home or, okay. or, or just by pure chance get out of the assisted living facility. Mm-hmm. Kids with autism spectrum. Right. And they wander away. Mm-hmm. There were 20, 24 of those calls in one year. Okay. 24 calls that we could have taken a dog and put them on that trail mm. and potentially made a difference. Absolutely. Now, many of them had very good outcomes. Mm-hmm. Some of them didn't. Mm-hmm. But a dog can go out and run a mile and a quarter trail that's anywhere from 4 to 16 hours old. And nail it. And in 15 minutes, it's over. Right. right. Why would you not spend, literally, it's just been a couple thousand dollars. Because I adopted her from the pound. Somebody tied her to a tree. I did all the basic training myself. I've paid for all the equipment, all the treats, hmm. all the medical care. Right. And the department's paid for the training. Right. That's awesome. Right. Now, the, and they're very supportive. That's right. good. Yeah, and the, and the trauma... Of the of, of the person who's wandered off, that you're saving so much trauma on their end by ending that quickly. Yes, I mean that's just yes, and I'm sure you both know in your professions that we're getting smarter about our mental health. Yes, mm-hmm. and one little detail I've learned is kids on the autism spectrum are attracted to water. Oh, and they're also afraid of authority figures because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's not what they're used to. Right. You know, big men in uniforms. Mm-hmm. All right. So what's the traditional model? We put big men and women in uniforms with big trucks and cars mm-hmm. and all these flashing lights in an area with a child that's scared to death. Right. And we search until we run out of daylight, and then we search a little longer, and then we say, okay, we'll get back at it in the morning. Right. And that child wanders out when all the chaos dies down mm-hmm. and is attracted to a body of water. Mm. Yeah. Not the best model. Right. But it's what right. we knew. Right. Yeah. So right. what is the right model? Set up a perimeter outside of where that person wandered away. Stage at ponds. We've got plenty mm-hmm. of those around here. Yep. Mm-hmm. Low key. Put a dog on a trail. Kids love dogs. <laughs> Right. Rosie's not a bite dog. <laughs> yeah. Rosie will come up with her tail wagging and lick you and look for a treat. Yeah. And that that's where that passion carries over to mission. That's we're awesome. gonna save we're gonna save somebody. Absolutely. Right. I don't know when. Maybe it's not even me. Maybe it's the program and it's some young kid mm-hmm. twenty years from now that says, I wanna be a dog handler. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. Man. That's cool. I, I think there's a little bit of irony there, though, that uh, the way you want to unplug from all that you do is to train a dog to take back into that. <laughs> exact. <same. laughs> I told you my mind is a strange place. <laughs> but, I mean, 
going back to one of the first things you said was um, where where you see a need and your heart and your passion, God has given you gifts and talents to be there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, you, like you said, I just want to be able to, you know, get my fishing pole at Walmart yeah. out of this. Mm-hmm. And, right. you know, now you've got a dog that goes out on the water with you and, you know, is companion, friend, and coworker. Yeah. And that's yeah. just, that's that, awesome. It's beautiful. It's yeah. huge. So, question for you, um, you know, because a lot of the listeners of this podcast are in nonprofits, uh-huh. you know, from churches to um, charity organizations to small businesses to you know um, large corporations running some you know different things. So, um, one of the things that I kept hearing as a theme throughout everything you said was, how can I lead if I haven't walked in their shoes? Right. If I don't know what they're going through, so what what advice would you give to leaders in whatever area of of life they lead in, um, in terms of that of, you know, just being present in another person's shoes? How how would you talk to somebody about that? That is a tough tough question, and that's my job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. You're very good at Why, it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, countless books that have been written on this. Here's what I think the difference is. I think it's loving other people as you love yourself. Mm -hmm. If you can start there, realize nothing else in this world really matters unless, I mean, nothing really matters unless you have a, a love for other people. Mm-hmm. You know, at, at, at the end of this life, I'm not going to think about the fishing pole. I'm sure to think about my dogs, but yeah. uh, but it's going to be my wife and my kids mm-hmm. and men like you and people in the department that I really cherished. And when I'm done, I'm going to think, wow, I sure hope I did them right. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to want to meet God and have him say, hey, well done, my good and faithful servant. Mm-hmm. And if I could get that part right, then I think I can get the leadership part right. And that's what I would tell the people at the nonprofits. And we get so wrapped up in the books mm-hmm. and in the budgets and in the policies. And sometimes we do lose the forest for the trees. And it just really comes back to taking care of another human being. Mm-hmm. That's so well broken down, too. Yeah. Um, just the smaller things in life and just recognizing what truly is important. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. awesome. One one moment at a time, mm-hmm. one step at a time is what I'm doing beneficial to another person. Mm-hmm. And if I can get that right, I really think the rest of it yeah. fall in place for the most part. Yeah. No. I'll mess it up, but... Trying to come back and right. and, and recenter yeah. myself. There's some so, growth curve there, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I would call it a curve. How about a cliff? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, there are times that I very humbly had to look at my at my fire department, at my brothers and sisters, and say, "I'm so very sorry. I got this wrong. Mm-hmm. Will you please forgive me?" I promise you I will do it better. Hmm. Right. That's all. And, and that's that 
is not a reflection of me. I just I, I think it gets to the heart of your question. Mm-hmm. How, how do you lead better? I make a mistake, and I want to try to make it right, and I want to serve people. I want to I want to love people better. Right. And and you admit it. I mean, you. It's not just it's not just making the mistake. It's admitting the mistake, and then recognizing where it went wrong, and then trying to fix it. Like there's a process there, and what I, I love to hear your heart with that because. There is leaders out there that make mistakes and they don't admit it, or they just go on fixing it. They don't take the ta- the pause of, "Hey, look, I'm sorry, I screwed this up. I'm going to make it better. Just know that it is what it is." Our world teaches us that the the strength of a human being is in standing up and being right, mm. and we fight, mm. fight, and argue to be right. Yeah, right. And my deep-seated belief is that there is strength and even more strength in doing your very best and admitting that you don't know it all and understanding your weaknesses and asking somebody to help you with those weaknesses for the greater good. Yes, that's so good. (laughs) That is strength. It takes a strong man or woman to stand up and say, I just don't know. I yeah. just don't know what to do. God, will you please give me an assist here? Yeah. yeah. Hey, brother, I, don't let me mess this up. That's one of my catchphrases <laughs> in the office. <laughs> Again, they probably get sick of hearing, I'll walk into somebody's office and say, please don't let me mess this up. What do <laughs> <Right>. you think? <laughs> uh, I don't know. That's not awesome. sure I would do that if I was you, Chief. <laughs> like, thank you. That's awesome. Man. I don't even know how to yeah, respond say, after that. Man, my I goodness, like, that was in my mind that was gold because I and I I'm I'm so thankful that we have people like you serving this community who have that mindset because that is something I think that runs at our core um, of, who, yeah. of who we are and what we're trying to do to serve the people we're serving mm-hmm. and it's so. Well, listen, you know the other thing that has hit me lately is that it transcends the issues we're dealing with in society. Yes. Mm-hmm. So if I can make our little corner of the world better, then again, I you know, I've I've done what I'm supposed to do. Right. You know, what I'm created to mm-hmm. do. And taking that approach transcends the other issues. The political issues and the social issues and the arguments and we all read it. We all see it on our phone and on Facebook every single day. I try not to let that be the issue. I try not to be let mm-hmm. that be the focus of my mind. It is some days. Right. I get frustrated. Right. right. This is much easier said than it is done. Right. But at the end of the day, you know, I don't. It's really not my issue of what your religion is or mm-hmm. your sexual orientation or your hobbies mm-hmm. or your career. My issue is how do I, how do I take care of you? Right. And I just, I'm so incredibly grateful that God created me to serve other people, and I can do that. And it, I don't, it doesn't matter to me what the person is or mm-hmm. who they are right. or, you know, any of those social issues. Right. right. If one of you call 911, my mission's clear. The Absolutely. options are few. The decisions are easy. We show up and we put our life on the line to protect you. Mm-hmm. And no newspaper 
or podcast or political rapport is going to change that. Right. For me. Right. 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 I think what a what a life lesson we could learn from like you're saying this is the mission is clear of the fire department that we are we're there to save a life. Mm-hmm. Your options are few. We either respond, we don't respond, we put our life on the line or we don't. Um, you know, and so the decision's easy. Yeah. And when we superimpose those issues in people's lives as their identity, that just it clouds everything. It real that is a perfect really way does. of putting it. It clouds it. These yeah. are mm-hmm. we have good people in Johnson County, Indiana, and United States of America. Absolutely. And at, at times we become very, very clouded. Yes. Yeah. We so lose, true. And, and then we lose it. We can picture, you know, a cloudy day, hiking mm-hmm. in the woods, and that cloud drops down and the rain falls. And now you don't see a mile in front of you. You see 10 feet in front of you, and you're mm-hmm. clouded. And where do yeah. I go? And you try to take the right steps. Right. Yeah. But they're not focused on the destination, mm-hmm. and you come off the path because I love that metaphor because it's so cloudy. Yeah, that was good. And our identity at the root is you're a human, you're a person that we can love. Yes. And, and I'm for you. And yeah. man, I absolutely love that. So as we think about the fire, our emergency services, um, how can the community best support you guys? Well, I'll tell you. I mean, for, first off, is is pray for pray for our responders. Mm-hmm. Um, it might again, it might be cliche, but it's tough. Mm-hmm. And there are men and women in our department, in Greenwood, and Bargersville, and the city of Indianapolis, that you think about the incredible amount of stress that they've been on. Yeah, and then you take that stress and you know, add a pandemic to it. But, but these are men and women that see children who have died Mm -hmm. and families and, you know, parents, Mm -hmm. people that have lost their homes. And maybe that's what, maybe that's what keeps me in focus a little bit. And I look and say, wow, last night's news wasn't that really, wasn't that big a deal. (laughs) This family is going to have to figure out where to live. Right. Um, I worry about them. I worry mm-hmm. about their mental, physical, and <coughs> emotional stress. I listened to um, a podcast recently, and and the uh, the the presenter was Craig Rochelle, and he said, "We're not tired. We're fatigued. We're not. You know, we're not burnt out. We're just we're just, we're fatigued." It's just um, call after call after call. So yeah. I think that's the first. I think prayer and and spiritual and emotional support Absolutely. is the first great step. And it is always uplifting to our fire department when we know that people care and appreciate. Well, typically, you get the complaints. That's the yeah. one that picks up the phone. Yeah, uh, right. New Hope has been really good about just sending a card. We've actually had several churches that have sent a card and said, we're mm-hmm. praying for you. 
um, or a note or right. cookies and just to say, hey, we appreciate what you do. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a good next step. Mm-hmm. And then I, I would say in my, my fire chief role, <laughs> we are grossly behind a community that has 52,000 people in it. We still have part-time firefighters. Mm-hmm. We have the same 17 firefighters on duty each day that we had 20 years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hmm. So it, just a little bit of understanding and the support and trying to grow the department to keep up with a community that has an interstate, half a dozen assisted living facilities, um, I don't know what we're up to, 10, 12 schools, yeah. mega churches. And some of the fastest growing communities in Indiana. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So succinctly, prayer. Yeah. Love and support. Appreciation. You know, for the stress and of mm-hmm. what we do and mm-hmm. just knowing we appreciate it. And then the support out in the community when the men and women of the department say, we need this, we need this tool, or we need some more people. Mm-hmm. That would, I mean, that would be a dream come true for me. Right. That's awesome. But regardless of what happens, myself, but more importantly, the men and women of the White River Township Fire Department, and I can speak for the men and women of the Sheriff's Department and Center Grove Police and all the ones that I serve beside mm-hmm. are here for you. Yeah. You pick up the phone. What a, what a magical thing. Mm-hmm. You pick up the phone and call and no excuses. Show we up. show up right. and we care for you. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so true. How would um, somebody wants to show appreciation to the firehouse or you know something like that, how would they contact you guys? How would they catch up with you? All our contact information is on the website. Okay. Which is? You go, um, it's www.wrtfd.org. All right. And you can call the office. And you're going to get – one of the things that I have, I'm really happy about with this department is we're high speed and progressive, but we're still your, we're still your fire department. Right. You can literally uh, – anybody out there listening to this podcast could literally show up at any of our fire stations today say, hey, my kids would like to see a fire truck, and I guarantee you, you will be welcomed <laughs> with open arms. So you can call Danielle or Tammy and say – Hey, we heard Chief Pell's podcast. Can we come see the firehouse? Or we would like to bring a note by. How would we do that? And they'll their response will be, we will be glad to help you with that. And you bring it by the office, and then it'll go from there. We'd coordinate getting it to another fire station mm-hmm. or getting it to one of the officers that would drive it around and say, hey, look, somebody brought us cookies. Or, hey, look, here's a one. That some, I, I apologize to whatever church did this, but... They asked, it may have been New Hope, asked for our roster and then wrote note cards to every single member and just said, hey, we're praying for you. And I still have that one sitting on my desk. That was, cool. that, was, that was a neat thing. That's cool. Cool. That's cool. Well, Chief Pell, well, thank you. Thank yes, you. Thank you for thank you. showing up. And thank you for your passion. Thank you for your service. Yeah. Well, thanks for, thanks for doing this. And, and I, you know, we're all, we're all blessed, aren't we? We're all fortunate. Absolutely. Yeah, for, for, Absolutely. Yeah. It's really. it's great knowing that, like you said, you pick up the phone, and there's nothing that we have to do to convince you guys to be to have our back. Right, that yeah. you've got it before we even pick up that phone. Yeah. And that's thank a, you. That's one hundred percent true. And yeah. thank you for what you do. It is incredible to think what this world would be like if each one of us didn't try to make our little corner of the world nicer. Right. Right. 
Right. So you're part of that story. Yeah. Thanks. Well, and I would assume, I would hope, <laughs> most of the guys at the house will have made it this far through the podcast at some point, right? <laughs> I, I hope so. And so, guys, gals, we just want to say thank you to yes, you, thank you for all you do and uh, for supporting this man on the other side of the mic. Um, and you guys are amazing in our community, and we are grateful for y'all. That so. is for sure. So, Chief Bell, thank you again. Yep. Thank you. And uh, give give Rosie a treat for us. Okay, I will. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I we'll catch y'all yeah. catch y'all in a minute. Appreciate. It. Jason, um, that was an amazing interview. <laughs> I'm not even sure what to say next. I just want to say there are 25 interviews preceding this one. Mm-hmm. We love y'all, right? But this was this was amazing. <laughs> I needed this today. <laughs> yes, I yes. don't like. I'm glad that you guys get to listen to it, but I needed this today. Oh man, man. <laughs> I mean, and it. Please be careful if you're listening at this point. Please be careful and don't brush this off as just, well, you know, of, of course he's out for other people's good because, yeah, it's the fire department. Right. They, they Their job is to save lives. And, right. You know, this flows through every fiber of his being. Totally. Whether he's in fire or... Yeah, if you're listening to this... He's selling fishing poles at Walmart. Right. That would still be his heartbeat and if his you, purpose. If and, you're listening to this, like the inflections on his voice really bring out the passion of what he truly is and who he is as a man. Like it just... Yeah. It flows through the man. There is... I, I have no... I have no question in my mind why, you know, he said being chief for 14 years is unusual. I have no question in my mind why he's still there. That I completely I mean, agree. He, yeah, that is, uh, I've met Chief Pell in past, you mm-hmm. know, run across him a couple times through, you know, we're neighbors here from the church to the firehouse, the right. new house. Um, you know, you know, I've run across him, but this was, this was by and far um, an amazing interaction, amazing opportunity to get to know him and hear his heart and wow. Yes completely blown away. So we're going to cut this a little short just because um, we want to make sure that um, he has all his time that is needed. Yeah. So, because we normally, I mean, you, you know, y'all, y'all kind of feel the the rhythm of our podcast and kind of how we put things together. And right. we got to the point where we were like, maybe we should cut this interview off. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Chris and I both were like, nope. This was, uh, this, this was, was amazing. This was and amazing. so we're just going to let it ride. So um, we hope you enjoyed it. Go back and listen through. I mean, even what he was saying about um, the mission is clear. The options are few. The decision's easy. Yes. Man, good stuff. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Go back and listen to this. Make Put this on your re-listen list. It yep. would, uh, so give us a like. Be well worth it. Yeah. Like, comment. Subscribe. Subscribe. Man, shoot us an email. But you know, know what? Don't shoot us an email this week. Shoot an email to the fire department. Yep. If you're here local at White River and or thankful. whatever community you are in, um, send some appreciation those uh, towards those guys and gals who are who are protecting you, even when you don't have to pick up the phone. They are still watching over you, and yes. they've got your back. They are fighting for your highest good. So send a little love their way. That would be awesome. That would be great. So, all right, all right. Thanks. We'll catch you guys next week on Leading Sounds and good. Serving.